0: You're listening to another football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with your guy, Bully Rye. That's right, it's your guy, Bully Rye. No wrestling episode this week, but welcome to the next football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. It's, uh, we'll have a wrestling episode for you next week. We're going to talk Crown Jewel. Uh, PJ, Steven, and I have actually been so busy. We haven't actually get catch the whole show yet. And we want to make sure that we, we watch. We hear some exciting things happened. And the main event stole the show. Uh, but for today, let's get back to some football talk. And uh, listen, I I had my worst weekend uh, for not just for fantasy uh, fantasy picks, but also for, uh, for game winners. I went 0-4 in college football picks last week. I'll get more into that in the second half of the show. Uh, But for the pregame warm-up, let's look at some of the games that took place last weekend in both college and pro football. A lot of college football games with some surprising outcomes and one in the NFL. Let's start with the college ranks. And the number four team in the country going down and going down big. Clemson goes up to Notre Dame and gets destroyed Late in this game, Clemson trails thirty-five to seven. Would score late, not recover the onside kick, and Notre Dame would win thirty-five to fourteen. Uh, all but eliminates Clemson out of the college football playoff because they won't play another team good enough uh, to beat to put them there. So Clemson's national championships uh, aspirations are out. Uh, somebody whose aspirations have been gone for quite some time. Texas A&M losing yet again falling to 3 and 6 after getting rocked by Florida 41 to 24 you got to think after this season with all the talent on this team jimbo fisher would have to be on the hot seat next season right i mean considering they were a top 10 team to start the season just absolutely getting beaten by everybody at this point including my gamecocks now sitting at 3 and 6 need a win in each of their next three games just to make a bowl game. What a disappointing season this would be if Texas A&M would not make a bowl. Uh, one team that will make a bowl game, TCU, remaining unbeaten, beating Texas Tech 34-24. to A big showdown this week we'll get into again in the second half of the show. Uh, again, uh, going back to the ACC, I talked about it last week when I picked the Notre Dame-Clemson game. Syracuse was sort of derailed by Clemson, then obliterated by Notre Dame and they continue to slide. lose to Pittsburgh 19 to 9, only can manage nine points in that game. really bad looks for Syracuse. Uh, Kansas coming back strong again, knocking off Oklahoma State 37 to 16. The dream season for the Kansas Jayhawks in college football continues to go. Now they're not going to win a big 12 championship they're obviously not going to play for a national championship but beating ranked teams like Oklahoma State is a big deal for a Kansas team that is known for losing most of their games uh in football so congratulations once again to Kansas uh here's probably the biggest shocker for the weekend uh for me and that's that includes a game we're going to talk about in a second Arkansas shocked by Liberty 21 to 19 losers are Arkansas um Listen, South Carolina lost to Arkansas the second week of the season. Arkansas looked great until they didn't. Um, listen, I'm not sure what's going on with Arkansas, but you can't go after uh, competing with some of the teams that you have and lose to a team like Liberty. Now, granted, Liberty is a good team, but they are not SEC caliber, and, and Arkansas just laid an egg. This game was, was this game got away from Arkansas at one point. To make it a two-point loss is, is still – not enough for me uh for, for Arkansas to to be to at least feel good about this loss. And I don't know who can feel good about a loss. Uh but but there's no way that Arkansas can can take anything away from it other than the fact that they just they weren't prepared and and came out and laid an egg against Liberty. Uh next up I one of the four games that I got wrong last weekend. Kansas State knocked off by Texas. Kansas State was rolling Texas would win 34-27, to a really fun game to watch there as Texas holds off Kansas State. Now, the two big showdowns of the SEC took place this weekend. LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. Uh, LSU, what a gutsy call, and I'm not a Brian Kelly fan. LSU takes Alabama to overtime. Alabama would score. LSU on their first possession, their first play. Of the first possession overtime. A quarterback option run uh, would score, and LSU goes for two and gets it. 32 to 31 in overtime. LSU upsets Alabama, and we'll talk about it later. Alabama eliminated from the playoff contention with two losses, with still a few weeks to go in the season. Uh, finally, in college, again, a showdown, a top three SEC East showdown. Georgia, the number three team in the country, taking on Tennessee, the college football ranking number one. Uh, Georgia showed why they've been the number one team most of the season. Beats Tennessee 27-13. to 13. Um, Really a shellacking. This game was, was over early. Tennessee scores makes it look competitive. Uh, they only dropped a few spots in the polls. Georgia will win the SEC East, which means that Tennessee is going to need some help to backdoor their way into the college football playoff. Um, listen, they've got Vanderbilt and South Carolina as their last two games of the season. I don't think they're going to have to worry about making those games look as lopsided as they should be. Uh, and so, yeah, well, we'll see what happens with Tennessee, but Georgia back to number one in the country, uh, college football playoff ranking, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU is your new top four headed into in college football week 11. If you can believe we are already that far into the college football season. The NFL, not a lot to talk about. Um, there were some some, some fun games. Um, Lions finally end their losing streak, beat the Packers 15-9. to nine, And it's sort of a recurring theme. I have been saying it all season. And I will scream it to the rooftops. Green Bay is bad. And it is not going to get any better for this team. Aaron Jones got hurt in this game. Romeo Daubs got hurt in this game. Green Bay is banged up. And it is not going to get easier for them. Uh, big news. The Jets upset the Bills 20-17. to The Jets have a defense, man. Uh, Josh Allen... Is now feared to have a UCL injury. Um, it's we'll get to him when we when we talk bullies buys and sells and sort of a spoiler alert. You should know where he's going to wind up on the list. But normally when we see UCL injuries, we're talking Tommy John surgery. So uh, not a lot coming out, but it could be insult to injury as the Jets knock off the Bills and Josh Allen may have an injury to be he was going to be dealing with uh, that could wind up turning out pretty bad for him going forward. A uh, couple of the games, the Dolphins outlast the Bears 35-32. to 32. Justin Fields, quietly uh, the top-scoring quarterback in fantasy football over the last four weeks. Just insane what he's been able to do uh, for the Bears. Uh, the Chargers will need a last-second field goal. I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Dicker. Dicker, the kicker, kicks a last-second field goal as the Chargers – Upset. Well, not only an upset. The Chargers beat the Falcons twenty to seventeen. This is another one of those games I called it my upset special, my first ever last week, and I almost looked really smart until that last second field goal. Um, the Seahawks get the season sweep over the Cardinals thirty-one to twenty-one. Listen, I where Bully was right and Bully was wrong will happen later uh, later this season, but Bully Rye was wrong about the Seahawks this year uh Gino Smith has got a resurgence here in Seattle their defense is playing well uh shout out to Pete Carroll man I thought he was going to be done at the end of the season and it seems like he's got a a rejuvenation here with a rookie running back and Kenneth Walker the same talented wide receivers and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf uh getting thrown the ball from from a guy who we basically all kind of wrote off before the season uh Gino Smith looking looking great and then uh you get, I can't. You get Sunday night football it was actually a really fun game, and I, I mentioned it last week on the show that Tennessee normally comes out and plays teams like Kansas City pretty tough. They win a bunch of games like this they're not supposed to win and lose the games inexplicably to teams like Detroit and Carolina. The Chiefs would need overtime, but they beat Tennessee. Tennessee without Ryan Tannehill for the second straight game, twenty to seventeen. The Chiefs win in overtime. Malik Willis could not pull the comeback in overtime. So it was actually a really fun game to watch. I mean, I know it was low scoring, but kind of what I said on the show last week, they were going to let Derrick Henry sort of take this game over, and he did. So kudos to Tennessee for keeping it close, but not enough. um, The the Chiefs get the win in overtime. Uh, Last week in Bullies Buys and Sells – I didn't do so hot. I'm now 41 and 31 on the season. Uh, if you bear with me, I went five and three on the week, so a little over 500, not my best work. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to see if I can give us some better answers for some players going into week t- 10 of the NFL season. Stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on Tapouts and Touchdowns. Established in 2008, One-Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One-Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and most competitive prices in the Lowcountry. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9-star rating, or on Facebook, or by searching One-Stop Repairs. That's the number one one One-Stop Repairs. Call today for a quote at 843-343-6310. That's the number one one-stop repairs. Alright, everybody, welcome back to the first half of the show. We're gonna get into bullies buys and sells for week 10 in fantasy football. Listen, I have had, I've had a rough couple of weeks in fantasy football. Uh Shout out to Polly's Pickums podcast. I am that is my best team running right now. Only one loss in the season. Lost my second straight game in Papa Frick's fantasy football, and now I have fallen to second place with two losses. Um, did win my work lead, so great going there. Uh, more importantly, I still had a winning record in my Bullies' buys and sells last week. Uh, I mentioned at the end of last segment, 41 and 31 on the season. Um, And I already had to change my buys this week. Um, Listen, I'm going to give you my bullies buys, uh, but I'm going to preface this. My quarterback, my original quarterback buy this week was Matthew Stafford. He was projected 17.3 points. Um, He was listed as being in concussion protocol on Wednesday of this week. It would be November 9th. Um, This is when I'm actually recording this episode. That's not going to be my buy, but I do want to run through some of his, some of the reasons why I had him on the buy list. And if he plays, why I do like him this week. Uh, In their first game against Arizona, he only had 10.16 fantasy points, Uh, but the Cardinals are now allowing the seventh most points, most points to opposing quarterbacks right now. Uh, Matt Stafford's O-line is trash. Uh, but his receivers, his receiving core is phenomenal. I loved the matchup. Now, if he doesn't play, I hate the Rams in this game. Um, I don't know who would be playing quarterback. Somebody mentioned it earlier, but uh, I digress. Um, Yeah, I loved Matt Stafford until I learned that he was on concussion protocol. So now let's actually get into my buys and sells, shall we? Start off with bullies buys. I'm going to go to a different quarterback, not Matthew Stafford. Andy Dalton. Uh, quarterback of the New Orleans Saints I know he has a pretty low projection right now um but the last time he played a bottom seven defense when it comes to allowing fantasy points to quarterbacks this season he went off for 34 points at Arizona and 21 against Vegas uh he's playing against Pittsburgh it was the third worst against quarterbacks. So I like Andy Dalton this week a lot. Again, I believe his projection was somewhere around thirteen or fourteen. I could be wrong uh, because I had to do this sort of last minute. I didn't get his projection down, but I really do like him to break his projection this week. Um, I'm gonna give it away. Um, I, I there's a reason why I like Andy Dalton this week, um, and he's gonna be on my my wide receiver buy. But before we get to that. Let's talk about my running back that I'm buying in this week. Detroit Lions running back Jamal Williams projected 12.3 points. Um, It's pretty clear that DeAndre Swift is still on the mend. Um, Between an ankle and a shoulder, he's not 100%. The Lions are using him sparingly. And Williams has outscored DeAndre Swift the last two weeks for that exact reason. Taking into consideration that he's playing a Bears defense, allowing, again, the seventh most points to opposing running backs. I love Williams this week as, as a result. Again, um, Swift two weeks ago uh, was barely outscored by Jamal Williams, but it looks like Jamal Williams is getting the goal line carries. He's getting a lot of the running work. And again, wh- when, you, when you outscore the starter two weeks in a row, Um, That should say something. And uh, although the Bears got a massive upgrade in trading for wide receiver Chase Claypool, Justin Fields is basically the Bears' offense right now. Uh, I don't think the Lions can contain him defensively. But if this winds up being a low-scoring game like last week, what week was for Detroit, um, it's going to benefit Jamal Williams getting those touches. And I think he's going to exceed this 123 Start Jamal Williams. If you've got both of them, like I do in a couple of leagues, I'm starting Williams over Swift, or I'm not starting either of them. So I, I'm I'm taking Jamal Williams to beat this projection. So it would be a really good play for you this week. Now a wide receiver. I told you I liked my quarterback for the same reason I like this wide receiver, and that's New Orleans Saints wide receiver. Chris Alave, the rookie, projected 13 and a half points this week. He is the number one wide receiver on an offense. That can be electric. And I I mentioned the Steelers are giving the third uh, most points to quarterbacks. They're also giving the most points to wide receivers. Uh, His 13.5-point projection has been hit uh, by Alave four times already this season. And since week one, he has six or more targets in every single game. Roll with Alave. Again, if you've got Alave, you are probably starting him feel really confident in starting Chris Alave this week. Enjoy the monster week that he is about to have against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, the tight end that I'm going to buy in this week, I had to look up the pronunciation pronunciation of his name. He has only projected 8.8 points, but he has only been playing professional football essentially for three games. Denver Broncos tight end, Greg Dulstich, uh, the rookie tight end in the last three games, these only three games that he's played in, 17 targets, netting 12 receptions, 182 yards, and a touchdown. So that's five, five incompletions in targets over three games uh, in that span. This week he's playing the Titans, allowing the seventh most points to tight ends. Um, if you need a streaming option this week, he's your guy, man. Like, you thought you would think that – Denver had some weapons on offense, right? Uh, but this Dolchich guy comes in, Dolstich, I should say. Dolstich comes in and uh, just in three games is the favorite target for Russell Wilson. And considering Wilson has been on the mend most of the season and been really inconsistent, Dolstich is the guy to get Wilson back on track. I love Greg Dolstich this week. So let's let's recap our bullies buys quarterback not Matt Stafford, quarterback Andy Dalton, running back Jamal Williams, wide receiver Chris Olave, and tight end Greg Dulstich. If I mispronounce the last name, blame it on the internet because I looked it up. I promise you that. Uh, Let's get to the second quarter here in the first half. Bully sells in week 10. Um, I sort of alluded to it in the pregame warmup. My quarterback that I'm selling is quarterback Josh Allen. Uh, as of today, when I looked, he was projected 28.7 points. I mentioned he's got a potential UCL injury, uh, where the line in this game with the Vikings, uh, has moved back. I believe it started like seven and a half. Um, and I believe it's moved to three and a half from what I saw last. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Even though you're hearing this podcast and you can clearly pull this sound clip and quote me. Um, I don't think he's going to play. Despite the Vikings giving up the 10th most points to opposing quarterbacks, listen, if they play Josh Allen, they're not going to make this injury worse. He's not going to be slinging it 50 times. Find a waiver quarterback this week if you have Allen rostered because, one, I don't think he's going to play. Two, if he plays, I don't think he's going to be the gunslinger Josh Allen we're used to seeing. Uh, expect Naeem Hines and Devin Singletary to get a lot of work in this game, regardless of who's at quarterback. Um, he's not my sell list, but I'm not I'm not all about Gabe Davis or, or Stephon Diggs this week. Um, this is going to be a very run-heavy game for both the, the, the Bills and Vikings. Um, so, I'm listen, you're going to roll with Josh Allen if he plays, but I'm telling you, you shouldn't. Uh, this screams backup quarterback day and listen I believe Matthew Barry put it on on Twitter that Justin Fields was available in a bunch of leagues on Yahoo I know he was available at least in one of my league two of my leagues I should say because one of my leagues a A-A Aaron, who was uh, I've talked about on the show before uh, picked him up because he had the second a waiver waiver pickup like in the waiver wire second order you know what I'm trying to say hopefully. Uh, and the other league has the waivers do not clear until tomorrow, uh, so there's somebody out there that you can start, um, and and I would be looking to start somebody else this week other than Josh Allen. Running back is the probably the the listen probably the riskiest pick I have made because he's been such a such a, a star this year and a, on a team that's absolutely ter- terrible. Running back for the Houston Texans, Damian Pierce, winds up on my sell list this week. Projected seventeen point six points. That's a lot, uh, because he's only hit this projection three times this season. And the Giants, who are playing the Texans this week, rank fifth against running backs in fantasy. Pierce is the only, the lone spotlight, the lone bright spot on the Houston Texans offense. But I like New York to dominate this week, and and the game's going to get out of hand. And uh, in, in my in my opinion, and I, I don't like Damian Pierce's chance. Uh, chances in this game. Again, you got him. You're probably starting him. But temper your expectations. Even if he gets like 17.2. I still get the win from my perspective. Uh, but don't expect him to have a really big week like Joe Mixon did last week. What a stud. Uh, I can't believe I haven't talked about that yet. The running back, Joe Mixon, from Cincinnati Bengals, puts up five tutties against the Panthers last week. Like just – you talk about dominating a game. I had a guy in one of my leagues that started Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon last week. You think that guy won? I do too. Like, how do you have 56 points in week nine? Uh, just what, a, what an incredible show, uh, showing for, for Joe Mixon. Uh, let's get back to it, shall we? Bully sells at wide receiver, Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver, Devontae Smith. This one hurts me a lot. Projected 12 points flat this week. It hurts me because I have got him in one of my leagues. And he put up a goose egg in week one and then looked to be serviceable for a few weeks. Um, I just said Damian Pierce might have been my riskiest sell. I think Devontae Smith is my riskiest sell of the week because he's playing the commanders ravaged by off-the-field drama allowing and they're allowing the eighth most points to opposing wide receivers and they're playing on Monday night football. So it's in prime time, no less, but listen, AJ Brown is the number one, number two and number three option in this offense. Uh, and honestly, it showed in week one and it's gradually showed even more. He's tanked the former Heisman tro- trophy winner. Uh he, He's tanked the value. I should say of Devonte Smith, I think, if you play him, he's a decent flex at best only because the commanders are giving up so many points. But I think this could be another massive A.J. Brown game, which is which is just disappointing for people who rostered Devontae Smith. Now, again, I'm going to get off topic for one more second because I've given you some, some pretty quick shows. Um, today, there was an announcement that the attorney general was going to be making an announcement regarding the Washington commanders tomorrow. Yes, the Attorney General of the United States. Um, Somebody from the Washington Commander's PR somehow inexplicably brought up the fact that Brian Robinson was shot in a way to defend the fact that Washington, like like the government, has nothing better to do when there's crime ravaging the streets of Washington, D.C., but it's almost as if it's a vendetta against the commanders. Listen, I don't know who you are. If you agree with this stance from the PR, the PR, look it, look it up on Twitter. It's all over Twitter. Ian Rappaport, uh, Field Gates, many people have shared it. And and Brian Robinson's uh, agent even came out and spoke out against this, basically saying something along the lines of, um, everybody has, has handled this appropriately, except for whoever put out this press release the guy who put this press release will never listen to this podcast. If through the great mind, somebody can, can put this in his direction or her direction, whoever it is. Um, they're probably not going to take a guy who only gets 12, 12 listens per week for a podcast, but shame on you. And I hope when you show up to work tomorrow, you've either got your walking papers or you turn in your keys and, and, and resign because what an absolutely distasteful thing! Again, I mentioned that there's a bunch of off-the-field drama following the Commanders right now um, between the potential selling of the team. Now, the, the the government is is honing in on on what they're doing. So, the fact of the matter is that whoever put out this press release, alluding to the fact that the Washington's got more crime to worry about than than paying attention to your franchise, you you suck, bro. Like, you, I don't know how you got your job. Um, I don't know who puts you up to it. But you need to find another career. I'm thinking maybe McDonald's or, uh, like, Target. or Better yet, not Target. Target's too classy for you. Maybe, like, a Walmart. Um, I would say an Aldi. But I think even Aldi's too classy for you. Maybe a Circle K. I think you'd be good working the third shift at a Circle K. Because – you're a joke and shame on you for trying to use the, the, the what could have been very, very tragic circumstances with Brian Robinson to try to make your point. Um, if I didn't keep my football shows clean, I'd say a lot of uglier things to you. Uh, but, but go take a long walk off of a short pier. Um, and that's what I'll say about that. I've gone off a couple of tangents. Let's get with our last cell for the week. At tight end, projected 11.5 points. Pittsburgh Steelers' tight end, Pat Fryermuth. Now, in his defense, he's hit this current projection in all but three games this season. And he's coming off a bye, so he should be well-rested and ready to go. But the Saints rank number one. They are the best team in shutting down opposing tight ends in fantasy. And despite Pittsburgh trading away Chase Claypool, this means more targets for guys like George Pickens. Not Pat Fryermuth. You're starting him, uh, if you've got him, more than likely he's one of the top uh, 10 tight ends in fantasy this season, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But temper expectations this week, I don't like him to hit that 11.5. I don't like to see him in double digits this week. If he does get double digits, I would be genuinely surprised. But then again, I'm essentially going 5-3 and every week at this point. So I'll probably get this one wrong. Uh, let's recap. Bully Sells, Josh Allen, Damian Pierce, Devontae Smith, and Pat Friermuth. Uh, coming up next, we're going to take one final break, and we're going to get into the second half. I, for the first time this season, picking against the spread, am under five hundred. Find out how bad I did last week, and let's see if we can right the ship coming up next right here for the second half of Taphouse and Touchdowns. All right, everybody. Welcome to the second half of the show. Bricks picks uh, in the second half of the show, and uh, it was an abysmal week for me in in both college and the pro picks. Now, I did have a winning record in the NFL. Uh, two one and one. I did have a push with the Chargers going, uh, getting the the covering the spread. I say cover the spread. They matched the spread in that game against the Falcons. So two one and one in the NFL. 0 oh, four, yes right I went over in college last week. two and five and two five and one on the week total brings me to 34, 35 and three on the season. Uh, pretty upset to know to know about this. Now, I hit my head this week. legitimately bonked it on the back door of my car. Uh, it's hard to explain. Uh, let's just say it happened. I hit it after I made the picks last week. So hopefully hitting my head will knock some sense into me and I'll be better at making picks. Uh, before we get into the picks against the spread, uh, let's go over the podcast pick'em standings. Remember, go to ESPN.com, search fantasy games, college pick'ems, and NFL pigskin pick'ems. Search for the group tapouts and touchdowns. Uh, not a lot of people joining up at this point. Um, and not a lot of people continuing to play. Only about four of us are continuing to make picks, but I'm going to keep giving you the standings because uh, there's not a lot of separation here, uh, down the stretch. Let's start off in college, uh, tap and touchdowns, college pick standings. No movement. Well, I say no movement. One, one movement in the uh, in, in the standings here. Jason Buck, the elusive ESPN, uh, the ESPN entry 58 and 41, staying in first place. Volley Polly stays in second place, 57 and 42. Buck, however, the brother of Jason, uh, would fall down. He was tied for number two last week, falls to number three, 54 and 45. Your guy, Bully Rye, 52 and 47 in the fourth spot. Potsy has not made picks in two weeks. He still sits at number five at 43 and 33. Moving right along to the NFL pick-em standings. Your guy bully rye made it made his way back up to the number one spot, tied for tied for first. Your guy bully rye at 81 and 51, also tied in first place. Greek, he did not move, but he's got three more losses than I do. 81 and 54 on the season. Once again, no more movement in this in these standings. Volley Polly of uh, Polly's Pick'em's podcast, 75 and 60. Sam at 73 and 59, and Buck at 71. And sixty-one round out the top five. All right, let's right the ship, shall we? College football. My picks last week were abysmal, so I don't want to say I tried to make it play it a little safer this week because I like to pick the big games. I like to pick the rank versus rank matchups. So that's what I did again this week. Let's try to right the ship here uh, in the second half of the show. Fricks picks college football week eleven. Lego. Alabama, number nine team in the country, number eleven Ole Miss, uh, in Mississippi. Alabama, a twelve point favorite, a three thirty kickoff, presumably on the the, the uh, CBS, not the SEC network. A three thirty kickoff for the SEC normally means it's a CBS game. Uh, Ole Miss has lost some games. Uh, lost, they've only lost, I believe, two games on the season. Uh, LSU was one of them. Uh, LSU, I mentioned it opening of the show in the pregame warm up. LSU knocks off Alabama in overtime. This might be the earliest in roughly ten to twelve years that we've seen Alabama out of the national title picture. Uh, this early, like it's just it's, it's 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 astounding to me. Like every year, towards the end of the season, they can win the SEC West, uh, even with one loss, they'll make the playoff. They have two losses by week ten. Uh, they get Auburn, which would be an easy win uh, down the stretch. Uh, they don't have many big-time games, but the games that they needed to win, Tennessee and LSU, they couldn't. Um, that being said, uh, when it comes to Ole Miss, LSU was in the driver's seat uh, to win the SEC West. They beat Ole Miss. They beat Alabama. Um, LSU in the driver's seat, for the for, again, for that spot in the SEC West and the spot in the playoff. Um Bama's defense isn't what it has been. Uh what it, it isn't it isn't what it's been known for the last few seasons. Lane Kiffin, however, known for scoring points, knowing known for his offense, uh, looked really good against LSU in the first half of that game. It let LSU storm back and just beat the crap out of them in the second half of that game. Um, again, with Lane Kiffen known for scoring a lot of points, Bama's defense struggling. I think Alabama wins this game but 12 is a lot. Uh, I think Ole Miss covers. Give me the Rebels with the points. Again, I think Bama wins, but this is probably more of a 7 to 10-point game at most. Um, if not, I mean, Ole Miss could very easily win this game at this point. Alabama fighting for pride at this point, point. Um, and, and Lane Kiffin wants to be able to beat his former boss and Nick Saban. Um, give me Ole Miss to cover, uh, although I still think Alabama wins this game. Next up. A top 25 matchup in the AAC, the the American Athletic Conference, the All-American Conference, whatever it is. The AAC, number 22 UCF at number 17 Tulane, another 330 kickoff. Tulane, a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, The top two teams in the AAC face-off here. Um, Tulane's lone loss on the season. Uh, was by a field goal to a 5-4 and four Southern Miss team. Sort of, uh, to me, it looks sort of like a bad loss. Um, but defensively, they ranked 33rd in the country in total, in, in total offense and passing yards allowed. Uh, whereas UCF comes in with two losses, but ranked 8th in total yards per game, 510 yards per game, and 13th in rushing, 239.9 yards per game, Uh, But UCF has an atrocious defense ranked towards the bottom of college football in that category. Give me Tulane to cover at home. Uh, Again, I mentioned it before. You normally get three points if you're at home. So if this was on the road at UCF, I think UCF would be favored. Uh, I like Tulane. I don't know much about these teams other than the stats that I was able to research. Uh, So give me Tulane with that one and a half to cover at home and take out UCF. Next up. A Pac-12 showdown, number 25, Washington at number six, Oregon, Oregon, a 13-point favorite. This is a 7 o'clock kickoff. Uh, we don't get to see many of these Pac-12 games early in the afternoon, early in the evening. Uh, listen, Washington has a pass attack that should really scare anybody in the Pac-12, and Oregon generally struggles in pass defense. Um, Oregon also needs every win uh, that they have going forward to be in convincing fashion if they want to finish the season in the Final Four after an absolute shellacking by Georgia in Week 1. But I don't think they get it this week. I think Washington keeps up with them from a scoring standpoint. Oregon's going to win this game, but Washington will cover that big 13-point spread. Give me the Huskies to cover that 13 points. Last but not least, another Big 12 showdown, another Texas showdown, Number 4 TCU at number 18 Texas. Texas, a a 7.5-point favorite, 7.30 kickoff in – I I don't even know. I I can't think of the the, the town that that Texas is in, but in Texas. Um, Considering TCU is undefeated, the number four team in the college football playoff rankings, I think Texas is way too big of a favorite here. I think this game is where TCU really proves to everybody they deserve To be in the playoff talk, they deserve to be on playoff contention. They cover and went outright Saturday night. I can't, I like, I saw this line, and Texas has looked great this year. There's a one point loss to Alabama. Their quarterback goes down. They lose a game by a field goal. A few weeks ago, I believe they dropped a game to Oklahoma State. Uh, So they've got three losses. That's what's surprising me a three loss Texas team being favored by over a touchdown against the number four team in the country. I think TCU is going to take that disrespect and they're going to rub it all over Texas's face. Give me the Horn Frogs to cover and win outright. All right, folks, we're in the fourth quarter. We're going to get into NFL picks here. Frick's picks in week 10 of the NFL. None of the one o'clock games really seem to be intriguing to me. And there was a Munich game, Munich, Germany between the Seahawks. And for whatever reason, I know I mentioned it earlier in the show, Um, The Seahawks are playing somebody in Munich. Uh, Tampa Bay, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So, and I could have that wrong too. I don't have the actual schedule in front of me. But I digress. We're going to go 425 kickoffs uh, to start off here with the NFL Fricks picks. First game we're going to discuss. Cowboys at the Packers. Dallas, a five-point favorite 425 kickoff in Lambeau Field. Again, I don't know how many times I can drive this point home. To all the Packer fans that want to listen to the show, uh, my buddy JD, shout out, former former uh, co-host with me on um, our former podcast, the BRBC podcast. He had a friend that said the Packers offense was going to be better without Devontae Adams. Thought the Packers were not going to miss a beat. And all I could tell, JD, all I could tell Big Tex was that your boy's out of his mind. Tell him to go get his head checked. Because the Packers are going to be garbage. And they have been garbage. They are bad. They are banged up. They are getting worse. Again, Romeo Dobbs got hurt last week. Aaron Jones isn't expected to miss time, but he got banged up last week. They couldn't cover this five-point spread at Detroit last week. And Dallas is a much better team right now. Dak is firing on all cylinders. Dalton Schultz is getting back healthy. Ezekiel Elliott may play in this game, but Tony Pollard is clearly the better back, and he is healthy for this game off the bye week. Cowboys cover the five-point spread, and they beat the Packers bad on Sunday afternoon. Next up, another showdown in the NFC West. The Cardinals at the Rams, 425 kickoff, where the Rams are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, I mentioned earlier in the show, Matt Stafford would have been on my buy list. And until we saw him in concussion protocol. Now, having said that, Kyla Murray is now on the injury report dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, the Cardinals are not as good as we expected, but for that matter, the Rams are the defending Super Bowl champs, and they're not as good as we expected them to look. Their offensive line is banged up. That offensive line is bad. I'm taking the Rams to cover this one and a half point spread. It's essentially a pick 'em at this point. Uh, I'm taking the Rams to cover only because if Matt Stafford doesn't start, they still got the, the stars on that offense to be able to carry that team against a, a, a Cardinals team that the defense struggles most of the time. Again, gave up 31 to the Seahawks last week, um, and Arizona's offense relies on Kyler Bill, Kyler Murray's legs his ability to scramble out of the pocket and make things happen with his legs. Dealing with his hamstring injury, that's going to hinder this offense for Arizona. Granted, obviously, he's got DeAndre Hopkins back. James Conner came back last week. So they're putting pieces back together, but the most important piece is Kyler Murray. And considering Stafford could get clear from, from concussion protocol Saturday or even Sunday morning, There's no like physical injuries that he's dealing with. Whereas Kyler Murray, he's going to be hampered by this hamstring injury. Give me LA with the points. They're going to take advantage of Kyler Murray's injury. They're going to cover this one and a half point spread on Sunday afternoon. Let's go to Sunday night football, a, a Western showdown, except for the fact that they're in different conferences, the LA chargers at the San Francisco 49ers Sunday night football. The Niners are a seven point favorite. Um, Listen, I don't have much to say about this game other than the fact that L.A. is all sorts of banged up. We just talked about the Rams, offensive line struggles. The Chargers are all sorts of beat up. I don't think Keenan Allen is expected to play again this week. Mike Williams will not play this week. Uh, Justin Herbert had been dealing with with rib injuries earlier in the season. He seems to be getting healthy, but who does he have to throw the ball to at this point? Uh Not to mention, when you think about San Francisco, you think about the fact that for most of the season, they've had players banged up. Ayuk has been banged up. Kittle has missed time. Debo Samuel missed last week to a uh, a hamstring injury. And now they get Christian McCaffrey for his third game in San Francisco, who has been, I don't want to say it, but I will, injury-prone the last two seasons. Um, They seem to be getting healthy right now. So with that being said, the healthy 49ers are going to dominate. The beat-up, banged-up, bruised-up L.A. Chargers, they're going to win big here on Sunday night. Take the Niners and that seven points. I love San Francisco in this game. Uh, Let's go the next day, Monday Night Football. I spoke a lot about the Commanders earlier in the show, so I'm going to try not to talk about them a lot. The Commanders at the Eagles, Philadelphia, an 11-point favorite on Monday Night Football. Uh, again, Washington's a mess, and Philly continues to get better. A division game on Monday Night Football might mean this game might be close. Uh, closer than expected, at the very least. I think you're going to get a big day from Jalen Hurts, a big day from A.J. Brown. Uh, I think it could be a shootout. Um, and if it is a shootout, that means it's going to come down to one of the last two possessions. I think Philly may Philly's going to win this game. But 11-point game on Monday Night Football. A lot of the games on Monday Night this year have not been blowouts. I don't think this is going to be one. Give me Washington to cover, uh, but Philly's going to remain unbeaten. Probably more like a 7- to a 10-point game here as well. Um, so give me Washington to cover, but the Eagles to remain unbeaten. Folks, uh, got, went off on a, little, a few tangents this week. Uh, hopefully uh, they weren't too much for you. Hopefully... Uh, You can do some research on what's going on with Washington right now, Um, and and what's going on elsewhere in the league. A lot of a lot of happenings. Vegas uh, cut another former first rounder. They were picked up uh, a defensive back picked up by the Packers. Um, Just a lot of stuff going on in football. I mean, it's we are deep into the season at this point. By deep, we are over halfway through the NFL season. Only three more weeks in college football before we get to conference championships and bowl games um it's it's yeah it's it's gonna be a, a wild finish to the college football season uh and and i'm excited to co- the fantasy football playoffs are right around the corner i mean most fantasy playoffs start maybe week 16 week 17 some of them if they go two weeks 15 uh, 15 and 16 17 and 18 so we're only about five weeks away from fantasy football playoffs so you better start making those moves the trade deadline is fast approaching in fantasy football So go make some trades if you want to kind of ask me my my opinion on some fantasy football trades. Reach out to me on social media, Facebook.com slash Tapouts and Touchdowns or on Twitter at Tapouts and TDs. But that's all the time we have on this week's football show. Uh, Once again, next week, PJ Steven and I will be reviewing WWE Crown Jewel that took place in Saudi Arabia that saw Roman Reigns and Logan Paul face off in the main event with some real fun spots in this match. And I hate admitting to that because you know how I feel about Logan Paul. And then some more football talk headed into the following week in College of Pro Football. So hopefully you enjoyed this week's show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for Tapouts and Touchdowns. It's your guy, Bully Rye, and I'll be around.